1: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. Visit RosettaStone.com/rs10. That's fifty percent off, unlimited access to twenty-five language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your fifty percent off at RosettaStone.com/rs10 today.
2: Luxury, glamour, opulence,
3: diva.
4: Photograph me only from the left. Do not look me directly in the eye. If I don't have every LaCroix flavor in my trailer, I will not
2: perform. Diva Parfum. Great gowns. Beautiful gowns.
0: Diva Parfum.
4: Lights. Somebody getting
2: fired. Hey, hey.
0: Diva Parfum.
2: It might be more important for you to go get your luggage.
0: Diva Parfum.
2: The essence of Diva. The essence of power. The essence of essence. They think you know her? You don't know her. Diva Parfum, available at your nearest CVS, Kmart, or
3: wherever that guy got bathroom polo and that Carrie Underwood song that all black people love about taking the key out of some of my boys' car. Beyonce? You look like Luther Van Dross. Oh
4: but make it fashion. But you ain't heard that from me. Fierce. can You see, when <laughs> you do clownery, the clown comes back not to bite. No y'all. It's Brittany, yeah, I'm not gonna get we no sleep because of y'all. It's Britney, bitch. We were rooting for, me. for you. But but I, I, a... God. God. I don't so
1: heart you heart. I don't
4: so I don't I'm not gonna
2: tell
1: you. I'm not to for you. i i i you.
2: Welcome to Back Issue.
4: A weekly podcast that revisits formative things, people, and moments that we miss and that changed us.
2: This week, a female version of a hustler.
4: Oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. Tracy. What is a diva?
3: You got it! Oh, a diva! Diva! I'm here to report that Mariah Carey is a diva. VH1 presents Diva's Live 99.
4: Each week, we'll go back into the past and revisit unforgettable moments we all think we remember.
2: And learn what they can teach us about where we are now.
4: I am Tracy Clayton, and true story, when I was in high school, I told boys at the mall that my name was Diva.
2: <laughs> it's true. My name has always been Josh Gwen.
4: <laughs> and you've always been a Diva.
2: True, I'll take it. <laughs>
4: Hey, Josh. Hey, Trace. You smell good. What is, is that that, is that that new fragrance, Diva Parfum?
2: You know it is. I put it on every morning after I shower, which Mm. some of y'all still aren't doing, but more confusingly telling us that you're not doing. I don't get it. Bathe the
4: children, wash your legs or just shut up.
2: (laughs) Those are the options. Those are the options. (laughs) Anyway, we're not here to answer the questions of why people out here are so nasty. (laughs) We're here to answer this question what is a diva other than the female version of a hustler? I bet they wash their legs. (laughs) The thing that makes this difficult is
4: like there are so many layers to it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like when somebody's a diva, you just know it, even though you may not be able to quantify the diva-ness of their diva dumb.
2: Yeah, I think it's just... One of those truths that is (laughs) self-evident. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I think we got to use this episode to tease out that je ne sais quoi, that secret sauce that makes you a diva. Mm -hmm.
4: And you know what? I feel like the perfect text that we should dive into for this. VH1D was live. Yes, let's go! You have everybody on stage, singing their hearts out. And also, Tretch was there. Remember that one time? <laughs> I still can't get over it. I cannot. <laughs> oh, what was Tretch even
2: doing there?
4: I want to talk to whoever made that decision.
2: And we're going to. So I think we should talk to Wayne Isaac. He was the Executive Vice President of Music Programming and Talent for VH1 from 1998 to 2001, so Responsible for my entire childhood, Tracy. (laughs) And he produced the original Divas Live. Oh my gosh. And he can walk us through all of the different choices that they made.
3: Oh my gosh. All
2: the different diva politics that happened on stage and behind stage and what Tretch was doing there.
4: I need to know. I have questions. I demand answers. I cannot wait for that conversation.
2: You know what else fits into this idea of, like, Divas Live that I think we should talk about today? What? Charity singles.
4: I have mixed feelings about charity singles. They're usually not
2: good. (laughs) They're usually really bad.
4: But they're so exciting because it's literally all of these stars in one physical place.
2: And who gets to stand in the middle? Who gets to sing the trickiest riffs? Like, how do the diva politics play out?
4: Right. Is there, like, a big legal mediation that happens beforehand? They gotta fight it out? It just makes me wonder, like, what does it take to be considered a diva?
2: Well, I think we should do what we always do and go back, right? Mm -hmm. And talk about the roots of the word diva.
4: Webster's defines the word diva, as.
2: (laughs) No, baby, that's Kiki Palmer. Uh, (laughs) But diva is this word that has roots in Italian, and it means female deity or goddess.
4: So it still still tracks today. It's effectively what it still means.
2: Basically the same. Basically the same. Mm -hmm. It's a term applied to celebrated female opera stars, right? And according to this article on the term diva from the Metropolitan Opera, a diva is a goddess or at minimum a woman infused with divinity. Mm. She's a medium, a kind of intermediary between us, and the eternal. That
4: is a beautiful definition. I really love that, at minimum, a woman infused with divinity. Like, she at least, at the very, very least, is infused with the divine.
2: Like, prerequisites, she's a demigod.
4: <laughs> <laughs> at least on her worst days, this is who she is. Right. <laughs> But no, that's really perfect because it brings us to where we are today, right? Like, I think that a defining characteristic of a diva is untouchableness. Like, there's this mystique. Mm. She's not accessible. She's not all on social media like that. And... You know what? Is she inaccessible because she's superhuman or is she superhuman in part because she's inaccessible?
2: I really feel like that inaccessibility is something that's really crucial to it, right? Because mm-hmm. like the whole point of social media is to make us totally accessible to everyone yes. all the time, 24-7.
4: Overexposure.
2: You remember that Beyonce spread, the Ivy Park rodeo one?
4: Yes, with the chaps with the ass all out. And I'm like, where am I wearing these two?
2: Oh, uh, and the denim everywhere. Yes. Uh, In the interview, she talks about this exact thing, right? She says, quote, in this business, so much of your life does not belong to you unless you fight for it. Mm. I've fought to protect my sanity and my privacy because the quality of my life depended on it. And a lot of who I am is reserved for people who I love and trust. Mm. Those who don't know me and have never met me might interpret that as being closed off. Trust. The reason those folks don't see certain things about me is because my Virgo ass doesn't want them to see it. Mm. It's not because it doesn't exist.
3: Hmm.
4: I never knew that Beyonce was my life coach. I mean, I knew it, but now I know it, know it. That is so true. And then also, not only is she protecting her own sanity, but like she got kids, she got family, she exactly. got a husband, you know? So, of course, she's going to make out sign all manner of NDAs if you get close to her.
2: Right. I'd argue that it's not just her sanity and privacy and quality of life that she's protecting, all of which are super important, right? And Mm -hmm. you should have regardless of what your job is. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's this mystique, like the stuff of true legends and stars and divas that she's protecting. Like that mystery, Mm. that distance.
4: Do you think she self-identifies as a diva? Hmm.
2: I think the people that she models herself after are like people we consider legends, like the Michaels and the Princes and the Stevie's and the Tinas and the Tinas. And the difference is just that diva is such a gendered word. Like it's Mm. something that like we really only use for women. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, cheekily, they'll call like gay men divas. Like, you know what I mean? But when we're talking about like what a diva is, we're really talking about like these specific female vocalists. Right.
4: That's what really gets me about the charity single, right? Because a charity single, to be successful, has to have a good handful of people that would be considered divas there on the stage, right? Mm -hmm. I would imagine that everybody's personalities are just like, or at least everybody's assistants
2: are worrying
4: (laughs) all the time (laughs) about how it's going to go down.
2: One that comes to my mind is not maybe like the most famous charity single, but it's one of my favorite ones. It's called Just Stand Up. Oh, that's your favorite one? It's one of my favorite ones. It's because it's such a specific moment in time. Like, it's so
0: 2008.
4: Y'all go look at the video and look at the belt. I know at least Leona Lewis <laughs> had a 2000s ass belt. It's amazing. Sorry, go ahead. So
2: there's this, I mean, we could call it a super group if we want. It might be a strong word, but it is a collective. Yes, more accurate. (laughs) A collective. And it includes Beyonce, Rihanna, Mariah Carey, Miley Cyrus, Fergie, Carrie Underwood, Nicole Scherzinger, Mary J. Blige, Leona Lewis, Keisha Cole, Natasha Bedingfield, Sierra, and Ashanti.
4: And Tretch from Naughty By Nature. <laughs> Tretch wasn't there. He was busy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they called him. He wanted too much.
4: Um, why is this one of your favorites?
2: Because it is the perfect example of the diva politics playing out. Uh-huh. The song starts with who the song should start with, Beyoncé. Right? Of course. Naturally.
0: The heart is stronger than you think. Like you can go through anything.
2: She's probably the most relevant at this moment in time.
4: She's also front and center on the stage, like, directly.
2: She's booked and busy. This is like when she's shooting Cadillac Records. Mm -hmm. You can tell because she ran straight over in her Etta James wig. (laughs) (laughs) It looks great. It looks amazing. It looks Mm -hmm. really good, but it's such a specific moment in time, Yeah,
4: you know what year it is when you see that wig.
2: Right, so you have Beyoncé. Sitting in the middle, like it's a solar system. I'm giving you Neil deGrasse Tyson right now. Uh huh. You have the most shining, brightest stars in the middle. <laughs> the sun is in the middle. <laughs> exactly. And gravity <laughs> starts to decrease all the way until you get to Natasha Bedingfield. Oh. And then you look at like the lines that people are given. Mm-hmm. Like Beyonce's given the first line. You got Miley Cyrus, who's not yet twerked on Lord Robin Thicke.
4: Lord have mercy. Like
2: she's still like can't be tamed, Miley Cyrus.
4: Her voice was still very. Grading. Can I say that?
2: Very young.
4: Do whatever. Things get better. Things get Do whatever. If you just out. Don't let
2: But she's trading lines with Rihanna, right?
4: Which I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't it's understand. It's really strange. Does that make sense? Like, were they on equal footing back then? And plus, Molly had more words to sing than Rihanna did. I just feel like that's a... This is... It's... I'm confusion.
2: It's It's strange. But then you have the bridge and the key change. And that's when Mary J. Blige and Mariah Carey are like, this is what I was here to do.
4: Right. And Mariah pacifically does the modulation where it
2: goes up. Exactly. And then you have Fergie at the end. They just give her a little rap because, you know...
4: Speaking of charity singles, we cannot talk about charity singles without talking about this song. But it makes me wonder if that happened on We Are The World. Remember We Are The World? Of course. (laughs) Hey hey guys, you heard of this song, it's called We Are The World.
3: (laughs) For many of us watching that night, part of the thrill was seeing so many diverse artists working together so compatibly. How often have any of us had a chance to see genuine legends like Ray Charles? Bob Dylan, Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, Diana Ross, Tina Turner, Bruce Springsteen, Willie Nelson, oh, and so many more, all in the same room, sharing harmonies, telling jokes, and even shedding tears.
4: How did they get all of these huge superstars in one place?
2: It's a logistical nightmare. I don't know how they do it.
4: I have never stood back and really considered what a feat that is. Like, can you see that happening today.
2: Like, could you see Cardi, Doja Cat, Tinashe, and Offset in a choir standing together?
4: No, no, with the big old headphones just bopping it out. Absolutely not. Beyoncé would not be there because Blue would not let her go even if she wanted to, and also she would not want to because she's Beyoncé. Mariah would have the only bedazzled bike stand. That would be an issue.
2: Do you think Jocelyn would do it? Welcome Welcome to to
4: Jocelyn's Jocelyn's Cabaret. Cabaret.
3: Your every desire will be fulfilled.
4: Your wish.
5: You, <laughs> you know what?
4: Um, I hate this. And also,
5: I bet she would. <laughs> she absolutely would. <laughs>
2: Charity singles tell us so much about all these things that we've been talking about, about diva politics Mm -hmm. and accessibility. But the text that I think we should talk about next. Bars! Hey! (laughs)
3: It's Divas Live. I am so ready. Let's do it. After the break.
4: And we are back! So, Josh. What's up? For the uninitiated, can you explain what Divas Live is? I thought you'd never ask.
2: (laughs) I feel like my entire life has been waiting for this moment.
4: (laughs) Spotlight, please.
2: So, back in 1998, some folks over at VH1 thought, how can we raise money for the Save the Music Foundation while giving Uh the gays everything they want? (laughs) And thus, VH1's Divas Live was born. It was must-see TV. You know, this is before TiVo. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone sat their asses in a chair to watch this. This is appointment television. They booked the legend Aretha Franklin, the elusive chantus Mariah Carey, (laughs) the Canadian icon Celine Dion, (laughs) and the Cuban beat-turner-arounder, Gloria Estefan. (laughs) And Shania Twain was there.
4: I'm not gonna respond to that. (laughs) 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 But why, though? But why? But why? But why, though? Why?
2: It immediately became queer canon. Mm. Can I take a quick detour to explain to you how big it became with gay folks?
4: Yes, please.
2: It was mentioned in Will & Grace, so let me set the scene. Matt Damon...
4: What? (laughs) On Will and Grace? Right. What? The TV show?
2: Right. Before Matt Damon's daughter sent him a letter letting him know that homophobic slurs weren't allowed anymore. (laughs) Like decades before. (laughs) He was on an episode of Will and Grace. Wow. I loved Will and Grace. Will and Grace was amazing. It was the show in the 90s that shocked white mainstream America into being like, Gay people, not necessarily <laughs> queer people, but like gay people. They're just like <laughs> <Right>. you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the same feelings and emotions. Right. They also
2: shop at the gap. <laughs> so you got Will and you got Grace. They're the most boring parts of the show, but then you have Jack and you have Karen. The I heart Karen. of the show. Karen is my favorite television character of all time, I think.
4: She's up there for me.
2: And Jack was really known for being super animated and elaborate and more femme-presenting. And in one episode, he meets Matt Damon and they battle for a role in the gay men's chorus.
1: Uh, excuse me. As Aretha said to Gloria, Celine, Shania, and Mariah during Divas Live, <laughs> are you tripping?
0: <laughs> no one interrupts the queen of soap, bitch, okay? <laughs> well, I believe she also said, hey, Cuba, Canada, cowgirl, crazy, get out of my light and away from my snacks, bitch.
2: <laughs> Would it be the 90s? Without a white gay man donning a black scent?
4: Uh, probably not. Would it be the probably 2000s? Not. Would, it Would it be, be, it be today? now? <laughs> <laughs> not
2: but anyway, Divas Live, the show that became a gay cultural statement, right? Mm-hmm. The show was a hit, so it became this recurring thing. They had 12 specials in total.
4: 12? I did not realize that. The first one was what year? 98. Okay.
2: And the next year, the honorees were Tina Turner... V. Whitney Houston, Mm -hmm. Cher, Brandy, and who else, Trace?
4: Trench! Trench (laughs) from Naughty By Nature was there in 99. (laughs) Everybody needs to know this.
2: In the immortal words of Gia Gunn from Drag Race... My
0: God, there's room for everybody. Let's just say that.
2: As Divas Live went on, the show was still interesting, but eventually they, let's just say, expanded the term diva. To include pretty much everybody, Mm. right? Kind.
4: You're so generous. Diva could be
2: anybody. (laughs) Quick question, Trace. Which one of these performers did not appear on a Diva's Live special? Okay. A, Nicki Minaj. B, Remy Ma. C, Lisa Marie Presley. D, Kid Rock.
4: Hmm. Well, off top, I feel like Kid Rock is not the answer because it's too ridiculous for him to have not been there. Mm. Because I mean, if they got Tretch on stage in '99, why not Kid Rock? Why not? I don't remember Remy Ma being like up there, up there, then. So that leaves Nicki Minaj and Lisa Marie Presley.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Lisa Marie Presley because that just doesn't make sense to me.
2: I'm so sorry. The correct answer is they all appeared on Divas Live.
4: What? I quit this show. (laughs) We're done.
2: Uh, Can you believe that? What? So Kid Rock's there and he performs Rock Steady with the late, great Aretha Franklin and she's just so gracious. Like, she's pretending. Like, she knows who this little kid is. I
0: know who that is. I've seen him.
2: It's dark side. I don't
4: like it. I don't need to be dipped in holy water and just left there forever. Same.
2: Kid Rocks side. <laughs> the great thing about this event, especially the first one, right, was the fact that you got the chance to watch the politics of diva-dom play out in real time. Something that I remember that, like, really stands out to me from the original 1998 Divas Live is this moment that happens. You got Aretha on one side. Wow. Boom, boom. You got Celine <laughs> on the other side. Boom, boom. But in a French accent. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Le
2: bonbon. Bon. <laughs> it's this group number at the end of the show. And most of the women, they're deferring to Aretha because she's the queen of soul. Uh-huh. But Celine, she didn't get the memo. Le,
3: uh-oh.
2: <laughs> 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 ever have a black woman of Aretha's age
4: singing gospel. Uh,
2: singing to you, asking you if you know Jesus. Just lay down.
4: And just wait for Jesus to come back.
2: <laughs> just don't even. Because you about uh, to know him.
4: So, uh, translation for those who may not have picked up on it, like Celine clearly did not. Aretha basically said Celine, you old spotlight stealing heathen asshole is what she was saying.
2: Exactly. And if you watch the clip, you'll notice Mariah sings her part Throws in a little riff, you know, mm-hmm. but she always defers to Aretha and stands behind her. She bows out. She has, like, a lot of reverence for Aretha Franklin. She's actually spoken about this moment in
3: interviews. I was heading towards the backup singers because I felt that's where I belonged. Like, when Aretha sings, you don't stand there and try to compete with the Queen of Soul. You revere her and don't be doing ad-libs and trying to, like, riff it on out with her. No.
2: <laughs> no. First of all,
3: the, the whip noises. The
4: whip. Absolutely. (laughs) But see, Mariah gets it, right? Mm -hmm. Someone of her stature was like, no, 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 no. I have a place. And what we need to collectively do is put some (coughs) (laughs) R-E-S-P-E-C-K. What is the K? Oh, (laughs) Maritha's name. Some respect. (laughs) (laughs)
2: This moment is so fun, Trace, because it really gets to what I'm talking about when I'm talking about observing these diva politics and how they interact with each other. But it also leaves me with a bunch of questions like, what happened? What was the fallout? (laughs) Like, why was each diva standing where they were standing?
4: These are all very valid questions. And I think that you're in luck because after a quick break, we're going to talk to somebody who can clear all of that up for you.
3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDIC. We are
4: back with Back Issue. Ew. So this episode, we've been asking the question, what is the definition of a diva?
0: What is your definition of a diva? For me, it's the divine. It's an Italian word talking about a female deity. So it actually claims that these women of tremendous voice are goddesses. And over decades or centuries, it's turned into something that it wasn't originally.
4: So we decided to take that question to an expert. Wayne Isaac is the expert, and he was the executive vice president of music programming and talent for VH1 from 1998 to 2001. And he produced Divas Live. We got into what it's like to put on a show with icons. We got a backstage pass with his stories of what happened behind the scenes, and we got to be divas for the
0: day. We call anybody with attitude a diva, right? Mm-hmm. I certainly have been called that. Josh, I would assume you have too. Are you a diva? You know, only on Thursdays. Tracy, I doubt that you ever got here, right?
4: Oh, no, no, no. I am so humble and down to earth, <laughs> and I also cannot sing my way out of a wet paper bag. So, no, I can't.
0: <laughs> yeah, but see, that's it. I don't think you have to be a terrific singer anymore. You could be an incredible rapper. You could be an incredible speaker mm. to fall into the diva net now. But... I kind of honor it, Mm -hmm. the more original definition of it, which is incredible singers. It's part DNA and natural gift. Mm -hmm. So much of it is about practice and so much of it is about life experience. So diva, to me, it'll always be the great singers. And whatever attitude they bring along for them to get to deliver that performance is what it takes.
4: Well, speaking of attitude and divas, you literally had a stage full of them in 98. We want and need to know everything, everything. Where did the idea come from, firstly?
0: You know, it it came from necessity. At VH1, I started there in 95. We had been chasing our own kind of like big idea award show. And we had this thing called VH1 Honors. And we would put great artists on, but there wasn't a cohesiveness It just didn't have a lot of meaning. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we threw everybody from Prince and Michael Jackson at it. So VH1 was the channel that played Celine Dion's videos, right? Mm -hmm. And in 97, My Heart Will Go On came out right at the end of the year, which would go on to be her biggest hit and just one of the biggest hits of the last, I don't know. Of all time. (laughs) Exactly, of all time. Yeah. A lot of my job was trying to get talent, doing our shows, involved with us, and so on. So... Renee, her husband and manager, I had kind of, you know, I'd been pursuing him. I'd been to every concert. Mm. I was always saying, we, we got to do something special together. Would you do something with us? And finally he said, look, you guys make a concert. We'll do it. We'll star on it. Mm-hmm. So the idea was simple. Hey, let's get a bunch of other great female singers together. And let's make this a Mount Rushmore kind of concert. Mm. That's what it
2: felt like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were able to land Aretha Franklin, which was terrific. Mm. Gloria Stefan came on, which I think was important because we wanted to be diverse. We wanted to have different styles. Mm. We got Mariah. That was like a no-brainer. And, yeah. you know, when we mentioned the word diva, which we attached fairly early on in our production meetings, you know, it rang every bell. And the last one, I think, was Shania Twain. And I took some heat for saying yes to that, but I knew she was gonna be huge. Ultimately, irony is that she got the highest quarter rating on the whole show. Really? <laughs> yeah, which is a surprise to us as well. On other shows, it was really similar. The, the second one, I had Tina Turner in my mind as this is the centerpiece, right? Mm. And, and she said, no, we can't do it. We're not in season, you know, it's like, it's like being a baseball player, you gotta- Yeah,
4: what does that mean for a singer to not be in season?
0: If they're at home and they're not making a new record and they don't have plans to tour Uh, and they don't have a band and a music director and blah, blah, blah. So so she
4: was like, I'm at home, I'm chilling. Mm
0: -hmm. What then happened is I went back to Whitney who had so lovingly graced us two years before for an honor show. Mm -hmm. Would you do this? It's a different concept. You saw it last year. And she said, yes. And then Tina Turner calls back and says, look, we are available. And then fairly quickly, Cher, who was managed by an associate of Roger who manages Tina, said, Hey, you know, we got this song coming out, Life After Love, and you know, we're we're looking to tour and so on. And the song was a smash. We could tell it was gonna be a smash. Shoot. Yeah. It, like rebirthed her for the ninth time. So man, now we got Cher and Tina Turner and Whitney. And then I had an idea. If you had to pick a man for a diva, who would it be? Elton John. It would be Elton John. Mm. And we knew that Tina was going to tour with Elton, so it's like, this is perfect. So we asked Elton, and he said yes.
2: When you're talking about booking these incredible talents, but also making sure that the alchemy is such that there's enough space for them to do what they do, it really gets me to, like... One of the things that I think culturally we really love about these types of shows or like charity singles, anytime where you see these titans in the same place at the same time, who opens the show? Who closes the show? Who's paired with who? How how did you go about making those sorts of decisions? And
0: what was your experience like arranging the show? There was no question that once we had Whitney at the end, we are going to open with Tina. And we had Mm. a great opening plan. Tina pulled up in a limousine on Broadway. She did simply the best. And it, it knocked me out. Wow. The younger, less experienced people, they couldn't push one of those legends out of the way.
4: They hadn't paid their dues yet.
0: Right. So Tina, who I'd been to her rehearsal, Elton was supposed to come to rehearsal like over the weekend. Didn't make it. So she's rehearsing with him for the first time. Elton is just not cutting it. I think it was Bitch's Back that they were doing together, and she just, she kind of screamed at him. Mm. She's kind of like, you got to play it different. You got to play it. And he had a diva moment mm. like no other. He got up and walked to the dressing room. Oh, man. And Tina, not to be left alone, not to be put in the corner, followed. Oh, jeez! And, and, of course, Ken Ehrlich and I are running as well to try to figure out what's going to happen because this... We can't really lose either of them. We can't. We can't have this fall apart. And they're going to announce going on tour together, like in a day or two. Oh no! <laughs> they they shut the the trailer door. Oh dear! <laughs> and I swear to God, it was rocking, and you could hear shouting.
4: Were you terrified? Were you like, oh my gosh, everything is ruined? Oh
0: hell yes, we were terrified. <laughs> I Because mean, this is the day before the show, and we we're just like, oh my god. And it went on, and then it got very quiet, and we're all like, uh oh. oh." (laughs) And the managers are out there with us. The managers are like, "Mm -hmm." you know, they're they're bugging as well. And then I'll be damned if Tina came out, went back on stage. A little bit later, Elton came back out, and they finished the song, and they got in their cars and went home. And it was like, wow. You know, we're holding our breath still. Mm -hmm. You were still like waiting for somebody to say, I'm out, Uh to get that phone call, you know, over dinner. But as it turned out, It never happened. And they were great together. They did bitches back of all ironic song titles to do. (laughs) But the tour was canceled.
2: So I read this article from the Wall Street Journal in 1999. In which you said that the artists were quote unquote politely competitive. And I think about that moment where Carol King comes out and she's supposed to sing Natural Woman and she's about to start, and Aretha's like, Would y'all forgive me if I didn't sing the song? And so she starts singing. Would you You can tell that, like, all of them have their, like, set arranged parts, but Aretha's like, this is my song, I'll do what I want. (laughs) There's no doubt. Right. Come on, who's the queen? Right, exactly. But then I think about Celine Dion coming up and being like, I I belong here as well. And she's, like, riffing back and forth. Mm -hmm.
0: What happened afterwards? At that point, Aretha exuded and exercised her seniority. Mm. It's that simple. And Celine chose to respect it. Celine Dion, particularly then, in my estimation, wasn't what I would call a diva.
4: People seem to view that moment with Aretha and Celine either as Celine, like, being respectful and paying homage or Celine stepping out of her lane and challenging Aretha. And a lot of people read it as disrespect.
0: Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I, we knew at that point they also were engaged on live television. Right. So neither is going to run. Right. They're not going to bail. True. <laughs> and, and what's going to happen is going to happen. And, and here's the other thing. Celine Dion can't help herself. You can just tell that she just loves performing.
4: And just breaks out into song at random. Yeah.
2: What was your favorite moment when you think back to Diva's life? What is it? And then what do you think the legacy of the show is?
0: Each show had moments that shivered up my spine. The fact that we were able to actually build something where there wasn't something before and to build it based on real musical finesse, real virtuosity of artistry, that doesn't happen on TV very often. Mm-hmm. So,
2: hypothetical question. You're producing Divas Live 2021. <laughs> Who
4: do you invite? Yes. Who are today's divas?
0: Look, it, last year was a diva show. Andra Day doing Billie Holiday mm. blew my mind. You know, I love Rosalia, mm-hmm. the Spanish artist. Now, she's been on award shows. People know about her, but she's phenomenal. She's a diva. She's incredible. Jennifer Hudson is such a force of nature. And I think once we see the Aretha film, yeah. we will realize mm-hmm. that she could just run her own divas. Ariana Grande, Billie Eilish. I love Billie Eilish. Demi Lovato.
4: Oh, Demi's a good one.
0: I mean, how do you do this and not try to get Beyoncé?
4: Right, you at least gotta send an email. Totally, (laughs) totally.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much for spending this time with us and telling us all these stories, Mr. Wayne Isaac. I really appreciate it.
4: This has been absolutely great and enlightening. Thank you so much for the behind the scenes stories.
0: It's my pleasure.
2: So, Trace. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To channel our patron saint, Tyra Banks, who, per an interview with ABC's Nightline, is not a diva. How much of a diva are you? I wish
4: I was more of a diva. Oh, Lord. Tyra. Tyra. (laughs) Did we?
1: Learn something from this!
4: Absolutely. I definitely learned something from this. what you learn? I think a big thing that I learned is that a diva is... A very, very specific celebrity archetype that's Mm. very difficult to like describe or capture. Like when you see it, you know it, you can't fake it, you Mm. either are or you are not.
2: Right. And it's sort of like by studying these texts, whether it's Divas Live or a charity single performance, that's when we really get a chance to see how these diva politics that are usually behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. we get to see them in public.
4: Right. Like we get to see the pretty finished product when it's on stage, but we don't know about the conversations that were happening backstage because we are regular common people and we're not allowed.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And I think that these chances to really see these divas' politics play out are getting rare and rare because mm. I think that divadom doesn't exist in the same way that it did because of social media. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it's kind of a dying breed. Like Beyonce mm-hmm. and maybe Adele.
4: What is it about Adele that makes you think that she might be like at the end of the line of the classic divas?
2: She could give you a concert with just a microphone and a stool.
4: Immense talent.
2: Has beautiful gowns. Great gowns. Beautiful vocals. Mm-hmm. And she'd just be chilling in her house.
4: Word. Like, you
2: don't see the insides and outsides of her life, really.
4: Inaccessible.
2: Except that one time that she was going to carnival.
4: You know what? We don't talk about that moment either. <laughs> so, I am going to make a suggestion. Might be controversial. I don't know. I haven't really thought it through. Mm-hmm. I want to say that if Doja Cat is not, she's on her way to maybe?
2: I kind of feel like Chloe Bailey could maybe...
4: Hmm. Is it the Beyoncé connection?
2: That is definitely a part of this diva thing, right? Like Aretha was Whitney's godmother and Patti LaBelle is Mariah's godmother. And there is like Mm -hmm. a generational type of like handing of the torch thing that happens sometimes. Uh So the Beyoncé thing definitely helps. But like her charisma on stage Mm. and her vocals are amazing. The talent,
4: yeah. Okay, here's a question in the midst of this little game. Mm -hmm. Do you agree that a bit of controversy is what also goes into this diva recipe. A
2: little bit. Like spice.
4: Yeah, you know, just a little seasoning on it. Mm-hmm. Whitney's had hers. Mariah's had hers. Doja Cat has had hers. There was the time she was in racial chat room showing feet. Showing feet! It's true. It's true. But she's another one. I think that her talent is amazing as an entertainer.
2: Yeah. She did that say-so song that y'all did that TikTok dance to the ground of. <laughs> yeah. But every single time she did it, she did it in a different way. Like, she did mm-hmm. it like it was vaudeville, and then she did it like exactly. she was an alternative emo singer from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, she did it in so many different ways and did so many different interpretations. I thought that was really impressive.
4: Yes, that's a good point. And I feel like that exhibits a very deep knowledge of, like, music and different musical genres, you know. Being able
2: to reference them.
4: Right. This is hard, though.
2: I think now the rules of diva are going to evolve, and you're going to, mm. instead of being elusive... You're going to have to be able to harness the power of social media and the gaze in a way that feels like aspirational, you know, and authentic. Yeah. If there's anything that I wish that this show could do in contribution to the diva canon, mm-hmm. it would be the inclusion of women in hip hop as divas. Mm. Like, I don't think we include them in the conversation as much.
4: That's true.
2: Like, little Kim is a diva. I
4: was just about to say, little Kim.
2: You can see that this is, like, really hard, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's, like, us, like, bending the rules, shifting them. I think we should go through and just, like, point out some of the qualities that we've learned that divas have.
4: If only there were some scientific science experts who could teach us about all of this.
2: Hi, I'm Josh Goodall.
4: And I'm Tracy Attenborough. And we are here in the majestic MGM Grand, Las Vegas, here in Las Vegas, Nevada. The natural habitat of the diva.
2: We've been camping for days, hoping to catch the sight of the elusive diva.
4: Okay, we Australian now. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh no, oh no. See, when the diva does appear,
4: she is flamboyant, radiant, impossible to miss. It's incredibly rare to see one in nature.
2: These creatures tend to stay above the fray. They do not interact with commoners. The diva in Latin, divus Glamori Gowni.
4: Wait, 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 wait. Do you hear? I, I, I do. That's it. That's the call of the Divis Selenus Dionis.
2: I'd know that call anywhere. It's unmistakable. The perfect pitch, the high belt... One is just transported to the sinking of the Titanic.
4: This is one of the tales of a true diva. Copycat creatures may try, but they'll never replicate the standard of vocal prowess that divas deliver.
2: Wait, Tracy, do you hear that?
4: Oh, oh, I do hear it indeed. That dear listeners, is not the sound of a diva.
2: What you're hearing there is a copycat, indubitably.
4: And hey, look over there, another approaches.
3: It's a real diamond necklace and it's it's kind of how I wear it as a tiara as well.
4: Like birds of paradise, the diva will flaunt bright colors, glitter and hyper feminine aesthetics to intimidate their contemporaries and stun the public.
2: What we're seeing here is a real embrace of high camp sensibility. Indeed,
4: indeed that it is, Josh Goodall, indeed it is also that as well, for sure, indubitably.
2: Wow, Trace, I'm so glad we got to the bottom of this.
4: Me too, it was a journey, I think we can all agree to that. Are we divas now? I think so. Let's go have a diva duel off, an ad lib duol off. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yay yeah, yay. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa,
2: whoa. Oh. Yay!
4: Yeah! <laughs> Back issue is a production of Pineapple Street Studios.
2: This show is created and is hosted by Tracy Clayton.
4: That's me. And also Josh Quinn. The Queen of Soul. Oh. <laughs> Didn't know I was in the presence of royalty. <laughs> our senior producer is also Josh Gwynn, and our lead producer is Emmanuel Hapsis.
2: Our managing producer is John Asante.
4: Our senior editor is the queen of hip-hop soul, Leela Day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> our associate producers are Alexis Moore, Zandra Ellen, and Brianna Garrett, Destiny's Children. <laughs> our intern is Arlene Arevalo. Our executive producers are Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. And our engineers are Raj Makija and Davey Sumner.
4: This show also features amazing solo music by Don Will of the almighty Voice to me Bet I didn't know that. <laughs> you can follow him on the socials at Don Will and you can follow me on the socials at Rokey McPoverty.
2: You can follow me at Regarding Josh on all the socials. You can follow the show at Back Issue Podcast on Instagram. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever free podcasts are sold. Leave us a review to all your friends, to all your family, to all your fans. Stop singing my part. Stop singing my part now, baby. Bye. Where are my background singers? Do it like in my
4: B-Day.